0: Welcome to The Girlfriend God, a podcast in search of and in service to the Divine Feminine, bringing you an equal mix of academic research and emotional spiritual experience. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. Now, together, let's find the divine. Welcome to another episode of The Girlfriend God. Today, I'm happy to welcome Marilyn Rosenbrock-Nibor. Did I pronounce all of that correctly? Okay. To the show, Marilyn is an elder, a visionary, an initiation of creative ideas. She fosters new thinking connecting the dots between people, ideas, and projects, and she's well-known for her networking skills and connections. (laughs) She's been a spiritually-based activist since the 60s, beginning with the civil rights movement, and is the author of A Woman's Guide to Sacred Activism. She's also the co-founder of Gather the Women and Indivisible Women of Nevada County. Today, she's exploring the ancestral wounding caring in women, from the burning times and the conditioning we've carried into the 21st century and delivers presentations focused on the major loss through civilization at the repression and degradation of women's wisdom
1: and contributions.
0: Marilyn, I am so happy to have you on the show.
1: Well, it is my delight to be here. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So for our listeners that aren't familiar with your work or haven't listened to the Home to Her podcast um what tell us about your book first of all I just want to start with the phrase sacred activism and I'm sure that you've had to answer this question over yes. the years since you wrote yes. it right what when you say sacred activism what does that mean
1: there's actually a lot of different forms of activism you might you see Trump's people they call themselves a MAGA group whatever they're active they're activists and um, we can go We don't have to go into what they're activating, so I won't go there, but you have people who have lost their children who are motivated by grief. There are people who are motivated by their own ego, even, but largely activists, I think, um, who are working with and helping people are motivated by something deeper within their hearts. And I consider that a sacred activism. Where, where's your motivation? Where's it coming from? Is it monetary? Right. Is it, are you angry? And, and so that, that's how I would best describe it that I would hope that, uh, that my activism and the activism of those who, um, who work with me in this area is really um, dedicated to the higher, higher good of all people. So that's how I would best describe it. So what
0: sort of would you consider all of the activism that you've done throughout your career to be sacred? No, okay. no, absolutely
1: not. Um, I started when I was very, very young. I was in, you know, somewhere in the 60s when um It's interesting. I was working in civil rights at the time, and we were in the school district, and my first encounter with politics was the um, the John Birch Society. Well, it was really hard not to be angry, as they were angry with us, and then we would get together as a group and Badmouth them and they bad mouth us etc that was hardly sacred activism made no effort to know who they were or to you know meet them as a human being and right. so no uh and we we fed each other you know i can remember often we would uh, in the summer we the, the the group of us might go uh, go camping and we would laughingly say boy they could take us all out if they just hit the camp and <laughs> camp And uh, but um, it's where we also fed each other and fed our anger and our upset with the other group. So, no, it has not always been sacred. Um, I think in the last year, the biggest challenge I gave myself, and I have to say I have failed badly, is (laughs) when I see Mr. Trump, I try to send him love and not anger. I think he lives on anger. I think he feeds on our upset with him. He loves it. And so I want to be able to look at him and say, you know, I love you. I don't like what you're doing. But I, uh, I, I want to encounter you as a human being. Not easy. I have failed considerably. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I still work on it when I see him. Because I think, you know, he's a wounded human being. And I want to have compassion yeah. for that side of him.
0: I would think that you know compassion is part of the the cake that is sacred activism. Right? Absolutely,
1: absolutely, um,
0: yeah. Like in the '60s and the '70s, when we've had peaceful protest, I would think that that is born of a sacred yeah. activism. Right? Absolutely, and we aren't inciting violence and and division. But I also think that you know, taking Trump as an example, because um, Although I don't know who listens to the show, I would be hard pressed to think that it was anyone that would disagree with anything that we're saying. Right. Um, <laughs> um, goddess worship and Trumpism yeah. don't really seem no, to go no, together.
1: They don't, <laughs> don't attract the same people, I don't think either.
0: Yeah. yeah, but I, you know, I have often said, you know, since his appearance on the world stage, that I mean, really, not only do I agree with you that we need to see other people as as human beings or perhaps sick human beings, right? I mean, I think, you know, wounded. don't underestimate the power of undiagnosed mental illness, right? Yes. yes.
1: Um,
0: which is where things like delusions of grandeur come from, right? Um, but also that he is a a symptom rather than a cause, right? Well, uh, maybe a little both. <laughs> right, but I mean, I think, you know, Let's go back to like how did we get how did we wind up here in the first place? And this is a point in which I agree with Marian Williamson in that you know it's it there's a sickness in our country and there has been for a long time. She wrote what's the name of the book? Healing the Soul of the Nation. I mean, she wrote that in the eighties. Yes, it seems like in in my worldview of. History and the things that matter to me, I think we've been on this kind of downward trend for a long time. In some regards, we've been on this trend since Reagan, right? And but from a, a broader perspective, I think we've been on this track. I mean, it all depends that time is relative, right? Yes, uh, so on a On a broader scale, we've been on this track since the dawn of agriculture, because agriculture is when we developed ownership, and then we started commerce. And you know what I mean. All of that started with with agriculture. And I have a book on my bookshelf called Pagan Ethics, and in the introduction, the author says, you know, pretty much that since man has been divorced from the land. Yes, We've been on this collision course ever since, and I think that the points in history that you can point to are, as I said, agriculture, commerce, whatever, because prior to that, things like property, like the whole concept of owning property didn't even exist. exist. No, didn't exist. So some would argue that, well, you know, this is evolution and this is, but then I think, "Mm, I don't know. I kind of want to go back to being a hunter gatherer. Don't you?
1: Well, remember there was a time when God was a woman and the goddesses and they were the ones that really set that what we now consider the divine feminine in, in, in place. And, And I don't know that it's been, um, documented exactly when and how the males arose and with their physicality took over, and uh, and it it feels to me like part of the mm, patriarchal domain, if you will, is war. Is if if they don't like something, if they don't agree with something, that's where they go to kill, and and fight and stop. And um, that seems to have been around a long time. I think we forget how much of our ancient, ancient history is reflected in all of us every day. It was handed down generation to generation to generation, and we are still working with it. Even though we know where it came from, we think we just invented something nasty. <laughs> you know? but, been around a long time. <laughs> and, and
0: I agree with you. I mean, we've talked about that on this show a lot. That people's ignorance of ancient history really doesn't serve us very well. Even in mythology, I find myself constantly telling people there is mythology beyond the Greco-Roman pantheon that you're familiar with you know what i mean it's like i just i spend a lot of time in the company of other people with a constant feeling of how do people not know this (laughs) you know um and like you were saying you know it's not exactly documented but it kind of is in archaeology and anthropology right we can look at the history of the greeks and romans and see that it really that's it may have started prior to that but it really took hold then right and then once you had the dawn of christianity it was just a kind of a a, you know it was a slow it was a slow moving coup and then it was just really fast that that,
1: that interests me about history is i am amazed at how many women are not aware of the burning times if they are, they know, oh yes, something happened in Massachusetts and Salem and um and that was like what, a year, two years? They do not know about three centuries, three centuries and close to nine million women accused of witchcraft. Right. And which and, and, and while we make witches wrong and ugly, they're ugly because of the torture they went through when their teeth right. were knocked out and they were their faces were infected and right. people do not know that they were at one time uh in fact the word witch meant wise woman right and crone and and hag they all hag was a holy woman but all of that was transformed by the uh by the patriarch into something evil and nobody criticizes the the men that that did this horrible thing to women right. The incredible and we live with that um that has been passed down the um the way women are treated the way we are supposed to be quiet uh and the fear that we live in that we will be hurt or tortured again should we say right. too much or become too powerful anyway that's another right. two, two. <laughs>
0: there's, there's that um have you ever heard the expression a, a man's greatest fear is that women will laugh at him and a woman's greatest fear is that men will kill us yeah, i mean that's yeah, but yeah, it really yeah. is but yeah. it really is true um, and they
1: really did <laughs> kill us right
0: right yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and i think kind of that that patriarchal you know overriding everything in ancient history one of the things that greco that the greco-roman pantheon did was alter goddesses right gradually the goddesses that came before were either married off Mm -hmm. uh you know given some sort of concert or consort um demoted to you know innocent virginal girl um you know and then that was a trend that just continued with the with Christianity, I last season, we did a whole episode about a lot of things that happened during the time of Pope Gregory and kind of the invention of the figure of the dichotomy of the figure of, you know, Mary, the prostitute and, and Mary, the Virgin Mary, um, n- n- com, both of which are complete fabrications, because of course. the episode we did about Mary There are aspects of the Virgin Mary that are all taken from previous goddesses. Yeah, of course. So the Virgin Mary is associated with blue and doves. And there were like three or four other things, which are all originally symbols of Ananda. So it's just, I mean, now this is the stuff where I don't feel like people, I'm like, why, why don't you know this? This should be common knowledge. You know what I mean? Of course, I know that. And you know that because we study these things. Um and we Absolutely. talk about these things with our sisters, but um, Yes,
1: yes. And, and, I, men, and I feel not, like that. Men do that's, not that's, have that education either. And so, right. you know, I, I think uh, I think originally the role of male was to really protect the female, which became right. ownership. It moved from protection to, oh, by the way, you're mine, I own you. <laughs>
0: right, right. And and right. the
1: domination of, of that we've lived under ever since. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, in regard to sacred activism, um uh, you and I have both recently watched the Dale Allen film. Oh yes, yes. mine. Yes
1: and yes. and I
0: think that she makes a good point, and I've had this discussion with other women, which is that, you know, if we are to create change, what do we do with the men? Because we can't just get rid of the men, right? I mean,
1: Absolutely
0: I mean not yeah, we, we can't. I, our species would die. without the men i mean maybe one day science will allow us to just impregnate each other and that would be fucking awesome but um you know barring that like we can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak not at all
1: not at all
0: so so what does that look like what could we be doing i have you seen the barbie movie i think it should be required viewing for every man alive
1: absolutely (laughs) and every man should go and see that it is so Amazing. That film was just amazing. Um, Let me me say this. The men in my life, I have three sons for one thing, and a daughter. But the men in my life are spiritually based, good, thoughtful men. But I'll tell you what, they don't know the men who create the issues that we run into every day. And so they don't have any influence there. Nor do they make I, well. There are some groups like uh, oh gosh, there's at least two. I think Tony can't think of his last name, uh, calling calling men or something. He's doing some beautiful work. And mm-hmm. then the you know there's men's organizations and circles, etc. But mostly they deal with their, their own inner domain. I don't know that they really look at the impact that they have on women. I my experience has been with many, many women's groups over the years that when men came in, they would either interrupt, correct, speak over, and they don't, and they're loud, and they don't recognize that they're in a different environment. Women become little girls sometimes, or just oh dear, they're here and, and, and lose their power. You know, the men leave the room and you've got a different woman you're dealing with. It's like, those are, those are things I think that we we need to have conversations about with the men and the men need to have that conversation with one another. The impact their presence has and the domination, uh, which has been so, so accepted. Uh, um, Well, I was going to say, don't get me off on this subject, but I'm going to go off on this subject. I I always think about marriage. And I think about the the myth of the virgin bride, (laughs) first of all. (laughs) And now she's being walked down the aisle. I think we had this conversation, walked down the aisle by her father, given away his property to him, losing her name and her identity. And as I said, what's true is women do not have their own surnames. They right. don't have their own her names for that matter, right. and uh, and I know there are cultures in which they 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 keep both names for their children, and uh, and they do different things with it. But in this country, no, it's ownership. There you are on the on the altar of sacrifice, and of course uh, we're getting away from this. But uh, certainly the tradition has been head of the household and a little wife. That's why I have a I run a number on the word wife.
0: <laughs> right, right, because
1: it, it carries its own burden, and right. as does husband. and uh, so I um, you know, I don't think we take in, I'm I still cry at weddings uh, and, and, but but we don't really quite take in the symbology of what we have just enacted. Now I'm yours. Right. I go right. where you go no 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 no
0: <laughs> right right
1: and and it is changing i mean but it's really slow it's really slow right it has
0: been very very slow i mean that started to change when when more women joined the workforce right because it was no longer the father goes to work and the mother stays at right. home um but overturning these gender norms are like i that i don't know how to do i mean i think that The rise of—we pick on young people a lot, right? We pick on the millennials and Gen Z and Janet and and I don't know what the new generation is called even, um, but we pick on them because they're snowflakes and they're so easily offended and blah blah blah. Um, and and I engage in a lot of that too, and I and I really shouldn't, right? Yeah, because they are our future, so I need exactly. to find ways to love them too. But one of the things that I think, you know, with the rise and I complain about the alphabet soup because when you and I came up, it was just LGBT. And for a yeah. while, it was like, just- Oh, I can't LGBT even remember all It was a big deal when we added the B. You know what <laughs> I am mean? So I'm, all, I'm often like old and curmudgeoning about forgot. Yeah, it's damn. its
1: own alphabet.
0: Right. It's its own right. alphabet. Or could we at least throw in some vowels so we have an acronym? Um, Anyway, I digress. But one of the things (laughs) that I think is remarkable is with their wanting to step outside the norm of gendered language and just all of those things and this fluidity that they seem to have, I think that's a good sign right? Um, and I know it's haphazard, but it, this is still very new territory. You know what I mean? We don't know what that's going to look like in 20, 30, 15, 100 years. Maybe we won't refer to I mean, gender is such a myth, right? It's such a social construct. and people don't understand the difference between um, gender and, and sex and biological sex, um, because Biological sex, that's a thing. We are born in particular sex, but we are not born into a gender. That is a complete social fabrication. And that's another thing that I'm surprised people don't really understand.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, I mean, it starts
1: with blue and pink, I think. right. <laughs> right. And you stay within that. And now we almost literally have new species now when people right. change their sex. It's almost a new species and right. et cetera. I, I'm not sure that I like the, um, I think we're trying to get away from gender. We haven't resolved gender yet. And right. I would prefer to see that women come into their power, that men come into the more sensitive side of themselves right. before we neutralize everyone, you know because right, I right. think that needs that's the work that needs to be done and I think right. just going into um uh dropping gender uh right, seems right. to be avoiding an issue that we haven't taken care of right anyway yeah. that's that I, our,
0: yeah I I agree with you yeah yeah I agree with you um and and I think that you know obviously these young people have a lot of growing up to do and will learn about you know different n- nuances and things like that um but I still think it's Hopeful, you know what I mean?
1: Well, they're um, dealing with something, and and we don't know what will come out of that yet. And it's right. sort of uh, for those of us who have been on the planet for a while, it's a little kind of uh, uh wait and see, you know, observe. I, I don't have a lot of judgment on it, I have a lot of concerns about it. I think seeing a transgendered uh woman who has been male in athletes and now is you know. Is taking all the prices. Uh, seems to, That doesn't feel right to me at all. Right, right. Because you just have a physical structure that you're dealing with that you cannot change. You know, if you've been that strong doing that, that particular. Uh, you right, know, right. Family. Anyway, there are other things here that we uh, we can take on as well. <laughs> right, right.
0: Yeah. But it, no, I. Yeah, it's it's complicated. And it's, it's taken thousands of years to create and i don't know if it's going to take thousands of years to to recreate you know what i mean i don't this is where the this is where the mystery and the mystical comes in for me huge, right? huge. like yes. i like i often say we will return to a matrilineal matrifocal divine feminine focused because time is a cycle and if it was that way 30,000 years ago it's going to be that way again
1: it well, can't I can't not be that yeah. way
0: again, especially uh, if you, th- this brings me into something I wanted to ask you about. So, because I want to know about your own personal spiritual beliefs, right? So um, I, I call myself a goddess monotheist. It took me a long time to settle into that I- identity because I tried to be a polytheist for a long time. <laughs> Until I was, was finally able to search my soul enough to be like, you know what? That just doesn't that just doesn't work for me. Um, so I believe in what I call, and I've talked about it on this show before, is the diamond head God. And what I mean when I say that is, yes, I believe that there are and have been multiple goddesses in the world, but I believe that they are all facets of the same of a singular source. That's why I call her the, the diamond head God, because that primordial creator is something our human brains can't really understand, right? So we translate information through these goddesses and, and iconography and, and our humanness. You know, we relate to this, that, and the other thing. Intellectually, I understand that God is genderless, but because I am who I am in this body on this earth at this time with a human brain and it's limited capacity. I need things like names and iconography and whatever. (laughs) So it's something I can relate to on a personal level. (laughs) Having said all that, my point is I think there's a plan and I think something is in charge of that that isn't us. Thus the 30,000 year cycle like what's happening right now, as awful as it is, is in everything is in divine order, because chaos always precedes great change, right? Yes. Have seen that in your own lifetime?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's see. Well, I, know I, threw, I threw a lot at you here. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm trying to. Do you want to? Do you want to narrow it down to a question? <laughs> Uh,
0: well let's start with so what is it you believe about god goddess whatever it is you pray to if you pray do you pray let's start there
1: well first of all i believe everything is energy and therefore you could say everything is god but i'd avoid the word god because as I did, as I avoided the American flag when Mr. Trump was in the office, <laughs> I think it's been taken over and misused and and abused. Um, I am not a Christian. I grew up as a Christian. i yeah, I know a lot of ministers and friends and religion interests me, but the narrow narrowness of it does not. I am not. I absolutely am not a Christian anymore. I am, however, a believer in the teachings of Jesus. I don't think he's here to save me. I'm not worshiping him, but I would say that the whole point of his coming was a lesson for us in love and 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 in life. Okay. And that if I can if I can uh, use that demonstration and adopt that demonstration in me, then I'm de- and then I I'm very comfortable with the word sacred activism because I'm an activist and I do want to come from that place. And the teachings of Jesus are uh, is a, a baseline for me, shall we say. Uh, yeah. The goddess, um, I think I became more goddess-oriented as I moved from the sky to the earth, to the mother. I pray to the mother, but I also believe the mother is within me and she is in you and you know uh, before i sat down i said mother please guide my words and um but i feel like um we are the essence of the energy of god um manifested in in a physical form right. and um i think that's i think that covers it pretty well but um <laughs> right, right i uh, it's it's very important to me um i'm not a big meditator but i am a big um people person. And I see that in people. I see the wounds in people. And I also want to say that I have come to absolutely, if I could be a follower, I would be one of of um, Gabor Mate, Dr. Gabor Mate. Oh, my God. Uh, When he speaks, I listen very closely. And he has one recently that has been very impactful for me. And it was um, tying trauma to illness. Uh-huh. the traumas we've had in our life and he talks about ms by the way uh-huh. and um he uh it helped me a lot it helped me a lot to to look at some of the trauma i've had in my life and how i carry it and what i do with it or right. don't do with it or like it and um so that that's been really really helpful so i think most important about me is that i am open to outside of the box I don't do a lot of mainstream thinking. <laughs> I do a lot of mainstream observing. <laughs> you know, I feel like the observer right. on the newscast, going, "Oh my goodness, don't they know?" <laughs> right, right. So I think that I think that covers my my philosophy pretty well. Right, and um, and, it, and it's interesting. Before before you got on the air, I actually picked up my books and started reading it, and I went, "Holy cow, this is pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> I should read this more often you know it really is saying just about everything that i i think is really important in order to facilitate change in our lives yeah right
0: and yeah. i agree with what you said i uh, you know i i i talk about the goddess as my higher power and who i turn to for direction or, or whatever but sure. i also say that i believe that the goddess is both outside of me and within me.
1: Oh, absolutely. And to have a relationship
0: with her is to have a relationship with myself. And to have a relationship with self is to have a relationship with her. It's the same thing. Um, And I have, for a while there, I was really focused on using the words God and Goddess interchangeably. And I still do. Um, But I still feel like This is not going to be set right until the word goddess rolls off the tongue as easily as God. And you can say it in a mixed company and nobody bats an eye. That's when I think we will have really turned a corner. Um, well, I, th- I
1: think we're I, I, people
0: I think uncomfortable.
1: What I see out there is what I consider a man-made God. Man-made God. Totally. In his image. And I'm not sure who, I mean, I don't, anyway, it's man-made. Do you know of a man named Jim Palmer, Pastor Jim Palmer? I think it's Palmer. Palmer. He was a, an evangelical minister and kind of came face-to-face with what he was teaching and anyway. went, that's not right. There is, was, what, what Jim Palmer finally realized was there was no God up there and that it was here. In all of us, at all times, and that's what he's uh, he's teaching now. And then, as I said, I think um, I would agree with him, and he would agree with me that man, that God is made in man's image. And right. to me, the mother is the is Gaia, is the earth. She provides everything for us. Right. You know, our food, our housing, our clothing, everything. Right. And uh, so, uh, my inclination, in, even in prayer or intention, is to call on her to look down to to consider the life of beneath my feet that right. is is so, that that is so interdependent and so alive.
0: Right. So
1: um, so I, I, the last couple of years, I, I think I've, I've did a lot of changing. And for the first part of my life, I, uh, I just talked about God and Jesus all the time. That was my world. And mm-hmm. I depended on them to get me through the, my, the family crises and the things that I was going through. Right. But um I, I've come a long way from that and recognize that um everything is connected, everything is one. I mean I think you and I are probably pretty much on the same page in a lot of a lot of that kind of thinking.
0: Right, right. Right. I um I so I was raised Catholic and it's and it's interesting to me because with all the women that I've met in the goddess community, all of us who were raised Catholic resonated with Mother. The iconography of Mary, more,
1: of course, than anything else.
0: You know, and then we grew up and learned that Mary was actually, you know, this composite of multiple goddesses <laughs> that came before her. Uh, that was essentially invented by Pope Gregory, and you know, in like 400 AD or something like that. So, um, I yeah, I think that you know, goddesses in the world. Different goddesses appear at different times when we need them the most. That's but right. Gaia and worshiping the earth as mother yeah. is one of the oldest traditions. known yes. names and traditions in ancient history. Yes. Um, as is, you know, the sky mother, right? As the earth and the heavens and all the things that us as early humans were trying to make sense of in our own human brain so um but it's still well you've heard me complain on our weekly weaver's call through the divine feminine app you know complaining about living in the midwest yes because we're not that far removed from the bible belt and even though we live in a college town there's a lot of liberalism but the people that live here that have always lived here that have nothing to do with the university they might work at the university but uh yeah, it is still, it, it's still, I'm not saying goddess in mixed company and not getting raised eyebrows. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I just, I know that's a regional thing and I know that we're kind of stuck here. I know my wife doesn't want to move. We don't have the money to move anyway. But um, yeah, it's still, it's still a challenge just as it is to be a liberal in the current world is a challenge so there was something else I was going to ask you about your do, do, do you think that part of the change is so I know women and you probably do too who have uh young children and they're raising their young male children with goddess theology which i think is incredible
1: absolutely absolutely
0: but i worry that then those children will become teenagers and they're going to go to school with all the boys who aren't being raised that way and then i fear that then it kind of all falls apart I think I know what I something else that I wanted to talk about was so the other thing that we kind of really need to dismantle. I think um, there's an anti violence educator named Jackson Katz. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, but he has this theory. And I think something else that we don't talk about enough is that part of the problem is that masculinity equals violence. That there's a direct correlation between those two things and you know marilyn a lot of this stuff it's just that power hides in plain sight right yes. and he talks about how part of that is the messaging of the media like just as an example if you look at school shootings and you look at the headlines it will say you know what's wrong with today's youth or kids killing other kids it's not it's boys killing other children and why aren't we talking about that when we talk about school shootings right it's just so so he has a really great documentary called tough guys but it's guys g-u-i-s-e um and it's all about that and it's the most profound and impactful one of the most profound and impactful things i've ever seen because
1: is it on uh, netflix or anything easy to get
0: uh, it's really old
1: so
0: you might be able to find it at the library um it might be on youtube i'm not sure at least clips of it are probably on youtube because it's been around for a really long time we watched that film when i i used to volunteer Uh, for a rape crisis services center. And that was part of our training was seeing that, that film. And I think that men, is the problem with introspection that women are just so much more likely to go to therapy, to spend time looking at themselves and figuring out what their motives are and why we do the things we do or have the beliefs that we have I mean, does that just go back to the gender thing, because men aren't supposed to feel emotion or be influenced by their emotions? Yep.
1: Yep. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, I think as media and uh, social media and all of that has come to shape our lives to the extent it does. Right. Um uh, the motivation behind that is largely power and money. Right. And um, when you realize that that um, violence has become entertainment, games, movies, I mean, try to find a show even on television that doesn't incorporate uh, somebody's murder or some right. case. And, they, and, the, and the shows that show a violent crime that was done 20 years ago for entertainment's sake, I think has been one of the greatest influences to the rise of, of uh, the unacceptable in our culture. It's made right. it acceptable. And uh, and no one really speaks to that. You know, I mean, the, we sort of say, well, the media, but nobody stops the media. No one says, I'm not going to watch it. You know, even the right. horror shows are... Big deals, oh goodness, we have a you know Halloween has become has totally lost the the incredible meaning of Halloween and it's become scary and evil and ugly, and we keep doing that, but I think that we have to look at the influences in our lives, what we're reading, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, in the games we play, and the conversations we have right there that is huge, that is huge. And uh, it's interesting to me that some of these, some of these countries, um, who have the same number of guns, guns that we have, and the same number of games that we have, but they don't create a culture that we have. I don't know why that is, and I think those are things that would be a good idea to explore. And uh, but we um, we tend to get a lot of old white men. Who basically say it worked for me, so it's gonna work for my kid and my great great grandson son, right. and they're not willing to stand up and say, you know what, it really didn't work for me. Right. It it, it is is encased a belief system that I don't think is healthy for the environment or for our right. families or anything else. So that's what comes to mind when you when you bring that up. Um yeah, it's, it's and how so do we get here? Because of the powerful power and money power
0: and money here we are that has become the that has become the gods right right yeah there's a television there's a television show on one of the streaming services i think it's on stars called american gods and the gods are you know uh like the gods names are media celebrity Yes. yes Virtual reality, you know what I mean? Just all of these things that 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 we worship, and there and there of course, there's been a lot written about that, right? The way, America, the way we, our culture, like idolizes celebrities as if they're gods, and I, just the things that we prioritize. I don't know. It's sometimes it's depressing, and I think well, you know, is. I try and have hope, and that's one of the things that having more acceptance of these young people gives me is hope yes. yes um like i look at my niece who isn't uh you know i mean my niece is 30 she's she 30 28 something like that so she's not super young but yeah. and and she just has what i'm most amazed by in the youth of today is their fearlessness Like, just taking my niece as an example, my niece went to Thailand by herself. Totally going to a country where she doesn't speak the language, didn't know where she was going, had some friend that lived there, and just fucking figured it out. Yeah, I never would have had the courage, and she did that when she was like 22. I never would have had the courage to do that when I was 22.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's remarkable. (laughs) It's remarkable to me. So... Yeah, uh, I guess the one other thing I want to ask you about, um, because we're coming up on just shy of an hour. So we've got a little bit of time. One of the things that I. So I've been toying with this idea of. Organizing. A goddess conference in the United States. Something comparable to the goddess conference in Glastonbury in England, uh-huh. All, the Uva, U.S. version of that. Now, I've never put together a conference before in my entire life, but I'm creative and resourceful. So sure. I think can. you could do it. Obviously, I wouldn't do it by myself. Right. There would be other people involved. But uh, but that brings me to the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is I was sitting thinking this morning about the various things that we could talk about. And I feel like there are so many women now who do the kind of work that we do and are trying to ethically figure out how to do it and have it be their sole source of income. Sometimes I think that's a mistake. Because if you look at successful religious, for lack of a better term, movements in the past, I don't know that it always hinges on people doing their spiritual work also as their job. I mean, it's great if we can do that. But what I see as the results of that is everybody's so busy and invested in their own project or their own business or their own services. It is making it difficult for us to connect with one another. Just as an example, so when I started the podcast in my first season and probably in the beginning of my second season, I thought that everybody that came on the show was then going to be my friend and we were going to develop a relationship and we were going to keep in touch and all of that. And I can tell you how little that has happened with the forty plus plus people I've had on the show. Wow. There's really only one that I talk to somewhat regularly, and that's Minette, who I knew before I started the podcast. <laughs> So I don't, and, and I find that disheartening. You know what I mean? Like, I understand, like people are busy. Everybody's busy. So how do we rise above that? I'm busy and I got to focus on my own thing because it's my livelihood. H- how do we overcome that to come together as as we know we can, as women, as goddess worshipers, as knowledgeable people? How do we create this global community, or even on a smaller scale, just in the United States?
1: Well, that's, you just brought up about 65 different questions (laughs) (laughs) and uh, thoughts that are running through my mind. Um, So I'm just going to start out somewhere. Um, I think there's power in numbers. I think the march that they had a long time ago, with 2016, the women marching 2017, whatever it was, um, what what we missed there was we didn't have an agenda that we all agreed on. And so everybody went home and did whatever they did. I mean, I'm sure some people did wonderful things and some people went home and chalked it up to a really interesting day. I would love to see that kind of movement take place again, that we really hit the streets, but we hit the streets with an agenda. Now I'm gonna move that a little bit and say this. I, once upon a time, before I retired, I made a lot, a lot of money. And given the economies that that sucked my my money out, I'm Mm -hmm. now in my retirement years. And of course I'm retiring into an inflation, and yeah. retiring where what i have isn't worth what it was once upon a time so that i'm very selective when i see a a, a, a um, workshop online that i really love want to go to um i i if it costs me something largely i won't do it yeah. and um and yet on the other hand there is the the theory which i agree with we should be paid for the things that we do we should be paid for raising our children our family there's a lot of things we need to be paid for but being paid for something means a lot of people won't be able to be part of that and so there's that you know push pull as well and then i've been on workshops where they're going to be talking about something like the goddess or something i thought was important but they keep weaving in the next workshop that they're going to charge you for or right. the book that they're trying to sell you, or the gathering that will cost you something. And then I kind of tune out and go away again. Right. So I don't have an answer to that. We don't have an answer to the economy in this this country in terms right. of what people should be paid for and how they should be supported to do what they are doing. So I don't know. That's kind of like an all-over-the-map kind of thing. But, um I, I think we you and I could probably bring up more questions than we have answers to. Right. But I do think they're questions that people need to take in and work through for themselves. They right. need to think about that. So I don't know if that comes anywhere near what you just put out. No, I, I
0: think you're right. There's more questions than, 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 than answers. Than answers there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of how do we and we just haven't come to the answers yet, but I mean, I think we have to remain hopeful that as we hopefully continue to talk to each other, I mean, it's why I'm so attached to the Weekly Weaver's Call and why I'm so glad that that Karen started that, right? Because you it do. gives us- one of, my fav-
1: one of my favorites, I should say. But, yeah, but my- you know, I also am very hopeful, believe it or not. I think we've got some very difficult years ahead of us. I think uh, in the next few years, next year, I understand, is going to be tougher than this year. Who knows? And what does that mean? Who knows? <laughs> um But I do think that women are rising amazingly. I do think the goddess is coming back amazingly. I do think that um, there's a lot of hope. There's some very good men out there that really... Many of the would like us to do more. And, you know, they don't know themselves quite what to do. Right. Um, I think we need to, um, I was talking about a book title and we came up with uh, Patriarchy to Partnership. And I think partnership is going to be critical in the years to come. Absolutely right. critical. Reaching across the aisle is critical. Black and white coming together, critical. And um, so there are these Things that we call our issues, um, and we, we sob over them and we pray over them. We have to do something. And it, this is interesting to me, too. Um, the last time I was interviewed like this, it was the day that the war started uh, in, uh, in Israel. And they asked me, they wanted to go into my background as, a, as an activist, you know, and what. Blah, blah. I said, I can't go there. I can't go there because I feel like a snowflake pushing a boulder up the hill. And then I said, I started thinking about that. I don't want to encourage people to be nasty about it. That seems to be the strategy for most issues. We'll just get mad about it and we'll piss everybody else off. I don't want to do that. Then I thought of the image of the mother bear. And then I went, I don't want to kill anybody. But you know the mother bear is protective. I want to be a protector of the values that we have within us. I want to be a protector of the land that we that we should be worshiping instead of destroying. Um, I, I and I've been thinking about what is it to be a tougher activist without being a mean activist, without being a um, sartest, sartes, and unkind activist, right. uh, the people that I don't agree with. So for me, reaching across the aisle, if you will, um, has been very, very important. I have friends who I have I, I, one friend, we laugh a lot, because we don't agree on anything, but we actually love each other. And I think that's a model for a lot of people. Uh, right. as, and asking questions, what brings you to that conclusion? Instead of trying to argue, I'm not going to change your mind or anybody's mind with my experience, but I can ask questions and learn, and they can learn from me by how I can respond to them. And I think that's the demonstrations that we must initiate in the world. We are tribal now, for God's sake. I mean, we go into, well, you're in that church, you're in that political party, and you think that, and I think this. We we have to recognize that um, the sameness that and strangely enough that we all come from the same mother and she was an African woman,
0: right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, wake up! Right, right. <laughs> she was right. an African woman, and, um, and and that is our very early beginnings. And how many people even remember that or know that uh, right. to begin to question. Their own um, dislikes and intolerance for uh, anyway. I I could take up another half hour with my uh, <laughs> right. opinions. People are,
0: people are are often terrified to look at their own inherent totally. biases. I mean, I consider myself fairly well rounded and open minded, but I've had to do that kind of work, especially relationships, oh, and, and you know, and not like what I found, but but find a way to like make peace with that and and ask more questions and try and understand more and as you say reach across the aisle absolutely Um, yeah and compassion i think is the key to kind of all of it so you, you said that next year is supposed to be worse than this year i've heard the opposite i've heard that there's a pretty big kind of collective shift happening in like january spring of next year We'll see.
1: No, I think it could happen because I think a part of what is happening now is shaking out all of the negativity in our souls, in our hearts, in our lives, in our world. It's coming up to be... I think, cleansed and brought into the light. When right. that will happen, I don't know. I'm more inclined to think twenty year 25, but I'd be thrilled to see year 24. <laughs> right. And I think, we, you know, that's the other thing. I, I'm working with a young woman who wants to bring... A, you know, two things. It occurs to me we should change the word circle to covens. Perhaps we should just start creating more covens and within that um that we need to to do this work and to take it out in the world uh by our own demonstration and what she was saying and i've certainly not a new concept thought what do you think word how are you speaking indeed what are you doing the simple simple thought word and deed and i think that's really what it comes down to the language we use, the war language we use, oh boy you know, we gotta kill that Uh, we gotta fight that Uh, no, no we don't, and we create our world this way, and we've got to be more conscious
0: right, right. we've created the reality in which we live, we have
1: absolutely created this, we're
0: totally the designers we can't pass the buck on that to anyone else Yep. and I do think that 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 happens with the shift in the collective consciousness it has to on wednesday night before that i really do think that more and more people are uh somebody that i listened to said you know we're going to move back towards who am i versus who do i need to be to survive this
1: yes authenticity Uh,
0: and 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 with that realizing that we really are all connected. Like there's just no getting around that.
1: There's no getting away from it.
0: Yeah. And and none of us are. I remember a long time ago listening to Marianne Williamson and her saying, you know, yes, yeah. it's true. You have this special relationship with God, but so does everyone else. Yes. And remember, God loves Hitler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's like <laughs> such a radical thought. But I understand what she means, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. We are yeah. all just souls making our way through the journey and And I guess we can
1: yeah
0: and and especially and this is i draw some compassion from this too because i believe in past lives i'm a past life regression hypnotist oh really had, had yeah and i've had too many experiences or and i've hypnotized too many people to not believe in it and i think a lot of our what's coming out now that this you know, we say it started, you know, with Reagan or whatever, or started with Christianity or whatever. But for all we know, it started six, seven, eight, nine lives ago. Right. Um, so I try and remember that. And I was thinking about that when you mentioned illness, because I have often joked that, you know, we make these sacred contracts when we transition from one life to another uh, and these sacred vows. And I always think that in my previous life, I must have had the body of an athlete. So when I was in the in-between place, I said, I want to experience the exact opposite of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's how
0: we wound up with this situation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this body. Yes, I understand that. I've been thinking about a book that I'd like to see put together. I'd like writers from their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even 100. Two questions. One is... What is it from your generation you would like to see carried forward? And let me just go back a minute and say I'm concerned with AI coming in that we're going to be totally oriented towards how they create our world. And what what will push what button and what have you. But so, so what are the values that, that my generation would like to see carried forward? And the second thing is, what did I learn in this lifetime? And I came up, for me, it would be, I've learned about my body and its care and should have started when I was a younger, yeah, much younger, much younger. And, uh, but anyway, I, I think we need, uh, someone said, when you die, your library dies with you. You know, we are each a library of of experiences and wisdom and ideas. And when we go, we go. Uh, If we're lucky, we've left something behind. And I would hope that uh, putting together a book like that for a dedicated to the younger women under 25 would be um, useful. You know, I don't know that they would like it, but (laughs) at least we'd feel we did what we had
0: to do. We did something (laughs) right. I know. I, there's so many books that I oh, gosh. write because I feel like I have a wealth of information to share.
1: Indeed you uh, do. Yes.
0: You know, it's just the motivation and time and commitment and I'm working on, I'm slowly working on a book about goddess Ellen of the Ways and the history of deer mythology awesome. yes. uh, which is a a task but I also wanted to write about uh, I want to write a book called Shiism, A New Goddess Theology, based on oh, I like that. based That's on good. the writing that I did for the Church of the Goddess, which you've heard me talk about before um, yeah. and just expand upon those ideas that I that I put together. And I, I think the other thing with, you know, when we talk about a goddess theology or a goddess religion It really is true that if you study, because I used to study a lot of different religions because I was so fascinated with religion. But if you study enough religions, what you find is that they all have some very basic things.
1: Oh, yeah. Tenants
0: and common. Right. Like, know yourself. Right. That's what's written at the Oracle at Jelfi uh, in Latin. Uh, Know yourself. Be of service to other people and don't be a dick. I mean, those are really the basics yeah, of any really. successful spiritual movement, right? So, and I, I've then never think,
1: seen any of them that suggested you go to war with what you don't like. Have you
0: exactly?
1: I, <laughs> I mean, really, what religion has said anything other than love? But none of them have said you don't like them, smash them, right? Yeah. Right?
0: Well, of course, again, the, Old Test- actually-
1: the Old Testament was pretty harsh, <laughs>
0: yeah. Old Testament, but the goddess is also in the Old Testament. The what? The goddess is also in the Old Testament. Is the Shekinah and all that? So I did an episode about that not that long ago. Mm -hmm. She is everywhere. She is. She really is. All right. So I think we've about run out of time. But at the end of every show, I ask all my guests the same three questions.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: the first question is tell me something about yourself that people who know you would be surprised to learn
1: oh gosh i am so open i can't imagine i could surprise anybody (laughs) oh dear no honestly can't i can't i can't think of a, a lot um
0: all right, we'll rephrase that as tell me something about yourself that I would be surprised to learn. <laughs>
1: um, I doubt that you would be very surprised either. Um, let me see. What can I tell you? Um,
0: it could be something quirky. or well, You know, like, I, I, like- I, here's,
1: here's what I think that everybody knows about me. I love to network. And so therefore, I love to talk to people about who they are, what they're doing, what they're interested in, because my mind goes to, you know what, you should meet so and so she's involved with blah, 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 and that too. And, and so I think I'm best known actually for making that kind of connection, but it also, uh, I'm very curious about people, what makes them tick, how do they get here? What are they doing? What are they th- thinking? And, um, And that feeds right into my networking skills. (laughs) Right, right,
0: right. Okay.
1: Third question.
0: (laughs) Well, that was only the first question. Oh, okay. Second question is, what is your current favorite TV series or movie?
1: Well, that's interesting. There have been many that have come and gone. And this can
0: often relate to question number one, because a lot of people admit to their guilty pleasure
1: whatever it is I I have been watching and there's two versions of it the charmed ones the charmed ones about three sisters who are witches and they kill demons and they are out to get rid of the demons and they're trying to live a normal life and have romances and and all of that um there are two versions of it and in each one the women are named well one one the the one I like the most the, the women all start with p um that's um can't think of their names right now but um anyways it's it's p and then the other one they all start with m and that's the only difference i can see well that's not the only difference they each have white lighters that have been uh sent to the men who are helping to protect them and take care of them and um and they each have a little different level of plot and what have you but they um they use magic a lot for to Move from here. If I want to go to France, I just zzz,
0: my energy, uh-huh.
1: goes, whoop, and off <laughs> I go to France. And um, I, I'm just enjoying their their humanness uh-huh. and 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 the, the the mission they feel they're on to uh, help people. And it's all about helping people. Right. Um, I think the only ones that demonize witches were um, were the men that uh, were frightened by their power. Right. Right. <laughs> Or, the ch- or the church for whom they did not, uh, they didn't um, follow the rules of the church. They have right. a natural based religion, and I like that. Anyway, that's my been my favorite lately. Not much okay. else on that I can find. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> and and finally, if if your life were a movie, what would the theme song be on the soundtrack?
1: Wow. There's a singer in Israel whose name is Yale Beckelbaum. Have you heard of her? No. Okay. I'll try to send it to you. Okay. And she sings a song, and it's uh, Women of the World Unite. And then the other one she's got now that I adore, of course, is um, War is Not a Woman's Game. Mm. And I would say the theme of my life has been bring it together. Yeah. Bring it together. Let's take care of each other. And um, and I have to say, my life changed enormously. I was, uh, very quickly, I was, uh, my father and mother broke up when I was nine, went to live with my grandmother, who never raised my mother. So the three women living in a very tiny apartment in Chicago. And they smoked. My mother was an alcoholic. Most of the, her family was an alcoholic, were alcoholics. I don't drink and I don't smoke. And uh, I had a neighbor who was uh, the epitome of what mother should be, mm-hmm. and she saved my life. Uh, I mean, she could hear the fights going on, and I'd go over there and you know change my life. Then I did what I was supposed to do. I got married, because all my friends got married. I didn't go to college. Oh, I did go to college for two months before I was in the train crash in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, I mean, I never got back into, I think I would have been dangerous if I would gotten a degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all I wanted was children. I wanted kids. And I wanted to marry a man that had a college degree. And he had several. And none of our children have chosen ever to go to college, by the way. So that didn't work. But the change I went through as a 50s housewife, okay, a 50s housewife with my ship and shore uh, blouses, Um To who I am today, I would hardly recognize myself. Right. uh, My husband, who's just turned 92, I don't think he knows to this day what to do with me. He was a very nice man. But I had to go on and I had to let go of, uh, I had to be reconditioned from my childhood. And I did that in my early 20s. And moving to California, (laughs) you know. So that, that's my theme. I think that's the best I can do. Yeah. Change.
0: I I try not to have any regrets or think about, well, if I could do it all over again, I do this because I believe in that divine order, right? Not exactly where I'm supposed to be, but every now and then I really wish that I had moved to California at some point in my life, because I think I would have had a completely different life, but you know, I'm also, a recovered drug addict and alcoholic. So I very well could have wound up dead too when I moved to California.
1: And, <laughs> and 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 you could have because so much of it was accepted out here. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no, it was, uh, interestingly enough, my husband had been offered a job in Mishawaka, Indiana. And I think, what would I have been in Mishawaka, Indiana? Yeah, Probably yeah. an activist Republican or something is what I, what I figured I would. <laughs> I Fair would enough. love to. I would love to read a poem as we, as we wrap it up. Can I do that? Sure. Thank you. Okay. This is by a poem by Jane Evershed who also did the the cover of my book and other things. It says, women, all sisters remembered. Act like you already manage a nation. Summon your purpose with your heart's conviction and take your station. You're being nudged by earth's necessity to resurrect humanity and mold it with your hands, gentle and strong, into a sculpture of sanity. Come on! You can no longer carry the rage, the fury, and weep a fire, storm, and flood, the seeping of shed blood. You have been missing in action, lured way off track by instigated distraction. Hurl your lesser than all the way back to the Minoan Crete risk your life, gather a clan, take the reins, take to the streets. There's a global warming and a war to defeat and a host of hideous crimes which render women as meat to tenderize, to use, to enter, to traffic, stone, and burn. When will we learn? Women, all sisters, remember your power. It is for earth's healing that we yearn. And this is the 11th hour. Scurry, scurry, scurry. It never gets outdated this poem.
0: Very nice. Yeah, it it sure does. Definitely sacred
1: activism. Right on time. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. It's been a delicious conversation.
0: Thank you, Marilyn. Thanks for uh, you're the first episode I'm recording for the next season. So that's always I always get excited when I do the first one right because I'm oh good. I'm psyched and you know I like seeing the podcast come together over the yeah. next few months and um, So I'm gonna click end and as Zoom does, you will just be left with a blank screen without me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I shall be blank before long. <laughs>
0: um,
1: Again, it's an I'm honor really... to be...
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I will be in touch, and I will see you at our Wednesday weekly leave sure. call. call. Um, and until then, may the love and the peace of the goddess be with you.
1: See you later. <laughs> see you later. See you tonight. Bye-bye, Anne.
0: All right, Marilyn. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for watching or listening to The Girlfriend God. Don't forget to like, rate, review, subscribe, follow, and comment. Episodes drop every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. And you can follow The Girlfriend God on social media on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook.